Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 24th, 2016. My name is Phil Prosmanike. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have finally made it. It is Game week. Regular season games begin Wednesday. We'll have a complete preview of the upcoming games of really the first couple weeks of the Orlando Magic season. I'll have that hopefully coming up tomorrow. If not tomorrow, then it will, I'll definitely tackle it Wednesday. Just set kind of the schedule for you as we get going. But since we're talking about it, Wednesday the Magic take on the Heat in Orlando. Then they'll travel to Detroit on Friday, take on the Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday in uh, in, in Cleveland. Uh, and then they'll play the Philadelphia 76ers next Tuesday. So there's they're, they're your first four games, and then the Magic will be home for, for a little bit uh, late next week. So get a little taste of the Orlando Magic in the regular season this week before they head out on the road for the first time for uh, an interesting uh, and and decently difficult road trip. Uh, so we'll, we'll learn a lot about this team uh, in the coming week. Before we, get, before we get into today's show, I do want to thank our newest sponsor, and that is... BetDSI.com. Do you love basketball? Are you ready to get into the action? Well, then you should check out BetDSI.com. They have over 20 years in the business. They're one of the top-rated businesses. They're 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 safe for, for betting website, and they have a great basketball special. Sign up today. Get $10 free to try their service. They're fast and easy. Uh, they they Their payment on winnings are pretty quick. They've got hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You can also get UFC and even the election. Yes, you can bet on the election. It's not crazy or unpatriotic. You, you can do it. And, you know, I, I imagine the odds are, are pretty pretty good on that one right now. Uh, BetDSI even has live in-game wagering on all football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI.com. To get your ten dollar uh, to get your ten dollar free wager, go to betdsi.com now. That's betdsi.com. Go there and use promotion code Magic Ten to get your free wager and start winning today. Be sure to check that out. I haven't checked the lines on on the Magic Heat game to start the season yet, but uh, I imagine uh, there there might be some good action on that if if that's what you do. Um, you know, I usually provide the lines for entertainment purposes only, so. Uh, Always, always, you know, gamble at your own risk. It is gambling for a reason. But uh, BetDSI.com is a new sponsor of the site. We're happy to have them on board. Uh, and so we'll be hearing uh, about them for a little while longer. On today's show of Locked On Magic, though, we're going to talk about the roster cuts that were made. The final roster for the Orlando Magic is now set. Uh, and so I'll review that a little bit. I'll also talk a little bit about the process where the Magic are right now. Uh, Zach Palmer wrote a fantastic article uh, detailing where the Magic are at. I'll provide some of my thoughts on that as well. And then I will actually run back a segment that was run on Locked On NBA last week as, as Locked On NBA completed its team-by-team preview. I highly suggest you go check out uh, Locked On NBA, uh, some of their back episodes for that as well. Before, though, we dive into the roster cuts, I do want to take 
a brief moment and uh, recognize that that uh, today was the or Sunday was the last day of the Orlando City season, the second year in MLS for the Lions. They uh, unfortunately did not make the playoffs. They had playoff. I mean, very similar to the Magic, they had playoff goals. They had playoff aspirations. It was a, a strange and difficult season for them. Uh, they they fired their they fired Adrian Heath mid season uh, even before the season began. There's a, there's some fan uh, unrest over some of the roster decisions that were made. Some of the longtime Orlando City staffers that were let go. The GM left. Uh, it was it was a little bit of a mess throughout the season. Uh, but I do think Orlando City is on firmer footing now uh, as they head into this off season. I think they have a better idea of what the MLS is about. Um, they're not under uh, as many. Uh, uh, What's the word? They're not under the under the same kind of uh, auspices of of what it takes to win an MLS. I think that they're getting a better idea of what what it's going to take to to win at this level and take and win in this league. Uh, so it's it, you know Kakao will be back next year. Orlando City, of course, will be in their new stadium, uh, and they close their season out with a. Really, you know, it wasn't the cleanest bit of soccer, but a, a thrilling 4-2 victory, a good win for Orlando City, a good way to end the season. Lots of people got cheered, um, and, you know, lots of people got the cheers they deserve. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of, of sorting to do through this roster, a lot a lot of growth that they need to do to, to get to the playoffs. They, they Unlike last year, they were not in it to the last day. But, uh, you know, the Orlando City season was... A strange one, um, certainly. Uh, they did a good bit of healing for the city during uh, right after the Pulse attack, uh, the first sporting event in Orlando after the Pulse attack. Uh, and, and that was a very cathartic day, and Orlando City did a fantastic job helping the city heal, just as I'm sure the Magic will do a fantastic job uh, doing their part to, to memorialize that event uh, during Wednesday's home opener. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Central wrote a, a fantastic article, de- article detailing uh, the steps the Magic have taken to uh, to to help the city heal in the wake of the Pulse attacks, and of course, this is you know the Magic are in a different situation than Orlando City in that they they were off season, so uh, it, it's going to be a little emotional on Wednesday, but it's going to be uh, their way of of recognizing the victims, and, and of course, there will be the permanent banner inside the Amway Center uh, to to recognize and memorialize the victims uh, of that tragic day in, in our city, uh, but. Orlando City, uh, you know, wasn't the season you wanted. It was a, it was, it was a fun year. It had its moments, and we're looking forward to next year when Orlando City takes the pitch in their brand new stadium, just a couple blocks away from the Amway Center. We're very excited to see see what the Lions have in store for us next year, and hopefully, both the Magic and the Lions will be uh, playing in the playoffs in 2017. Okay, so let's move on to the Magic. We'll pivot now to the Orlando Magic. It is game week, and there was a little bit of news. There was uh, some big news that that we have to deal with before we get into the regular season, and that is the Orlando Magic made their final roster cuts. The roster of fifteen is set. Uh, as as we discussed last week, the Magic cut Cliff Alexander, Kevin Murphy, and uh, I'm blanking on that last name uh, on that last name of. Who else they had on the roster? I apologize. Uh, Brandon Dawson. There it is. They cut Brandon Dawson, Kevin Murphy, and Cliff Alexander last week. They had four guys pretty much fighting for two spots uh, on the roster. Most of us suspected that they would leave that 15th spot open. They've done that in the past, but the Magic decided not to do that. 
Uh, the Magic actually decided to do a few things. We'll talk a, a little bit about that uh, in just a moment. But the Magic opted, the, the nuts and bolts of it is the Magic opted to keep Damian Rudez very much expected. He's had a, he had a fantastic preseason, kind of an instant offense guy. Um, the Magic know that firsthand. He beat, he had a big game against him two years ago in Indiana. Frank Vogel is very familiar with him. In fact, Frank Vogel said uh, on numerous occasions, actually, that he told Magic staffers to go see if Damian Rudez was interested in coming to camp. Like, he vouched for him, and Rudez, you know, certainly had that familiarity, but earned his way onto the roster. Uh, Rudez is going to be a, a kind of a game-changing four, just a stretch four. The Magic needs some instant offense. He's a guy that they can bring in that can provide some instant offense. I mean, before we get anywhere, these are not guys 13 and 14, essentially 13, 14, maybe 15 on the roster. We're not expecting these guys to get minutes. Uh, I don't suspect Rudez will get a lot of minutes on the Magic or be part of the regular rotation, but if Vogel needs some instant offense, needs some three-point shooting, needs to spread the floor, Rudez is a guy that he can trust to do that, and, and that's what he does, and the Magic feel like they got a little bit of a bargain in him, frankly, in bringing him in. They also kept, somewhat more surprisingly, but when you think about it, not as surprising, Orinze Onuaku. Onuaku, of course, was one of the heroes of the Orlando Magic Summer League team that won the Summer League this this summer. Uh, it, just a big, big dude. I mean, if you've seen Onuaku play, he his, his presence is pretty, pretty big. Uh, and he's got some rudimentary post moves. He uses his size really, really well. Uh, another guy that Frank Vogel kind of vouched for, he had him in Indiana a few years ago on his training camp roster. He didn't make the roster then, but... Uh, eventually, you know, Onuaku's been all around the world. He's played in China, the Philippines, Israel, Lith- uh, Lithuania. He come, he came back to the U.S., pretty much picked the Magic. I mean, he's, he, he felt very comfortable with the Magic and uh, was able to make the roster, essentially. I mean, it wasn't what he did during preseason games. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't any of that, he, but he was a guy who's a hard worker. Uh, Vogel said that he's got to improve his defense a little bit, and, and apparently he saw enough to keep the big man around. Onowaku, unlike Rudez, I think does have a little bit of a firmer grasp on a consistent role with the team. I don't suspect he'll get a lot of minutes, but I do suspect he will play Wednesday. Uh, essentially, they needed a third big man, a third post player, a third center, uh, just in case something happens to Nikola Vucevic or Bismack Biombo. Uh, as we'll see Wednesday, and, and this is under appeal, but I don't suspect the NBA will overturn this appeal. Uh Bismack Biombo is suspended for Wednesday's game for an accumulation of flagrant fouls during the playoffs. So Biombo is out for Wednesday. He's not going to probably be in the building actually when he's introduced. Uh, but what's going to happen is, uh, you know, you play Nikola Vucevic. You're not likely to play Serge Ibaka much at the five. You know, maybe we'll. It wouldn't surprise me if we see some Ibaka at the five on Wednesday. But essentially, the Magic are trying to keep Gordon at the three. Uh, you'll see Jeff Green a little bit at the four, but I think they needed an, an extra big man in case of this situation so they can keep players kind of in the roles that they envisioned for them. Uh, they don't want to downshift Gordon to the four and you know invest all this time making him a three and then have him play a lot of minutes at the four. And not that Gordon won't play minutes at the four, but he, they don't want him to play a ton of minutes at the four right now. They want him playing at the three, which is where they believe he's going to eventually end up. So Onuwaku's a little bit of a security blanket in that sense because he adds an extra post player. He adds an extra player uh, that the team can use uh, in that spot. So 
at the end of the day, this is a, this to me is a uh, is a, is a guy that they kept around because he works hard, he fills the role they need, and he fills a need that's still left on the roster. So Onowaku and Rudez stay. Uh, some some house cleaning then to clean up. The Magic cut Nick Johnson, or they did not cut Nick Johnson. I'm sorry, they waived Nick Johnson and they waived. Uh, as well, they waived uh, a guy that they signed on Friday, actually, uh, Ramon Galloway. Uh, if, if this crossed the wires, I, I wrote a little bit about it and suspected this was going to be the case, and it turned out to be true. Uh, the Magic signed Ramon Galloway, former uh, LaSalle, I believe, uh, uh, guard. Um, he's been around the been around a little bit. He played in Italy last year. They signed him Friday. It was an official signing, so it got like the whole press release and everything. Everyone was asking, who is this guy? Why did the Magic sign this guy? He's another kind of 6'3 swing swing guard. Um, essentially, the Magic signed him to give him uh, a little bit of a guarantee. Uh, you know, Onuwaku and Rudez were on non-guaranteed deals. Uh, the only guarantees they got, I, I don't know what the, ex- I don't think the exact number has been published, but let's let's take last year's guys. Uh, Keith Appling, for instance. The Magic signed Keith Appling to a, uh, to, to a training camp contract. And guaranteed, uh, you know, it was a, you know, three hundred seventy-five thousand dollar contract or whatever, whatever the final amount was, seven hundred fifty or whatever the seven hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. You know, one million. Let's 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 keep it simple. They they signed Keith Appling to like a one million dollar contract. That's not what he signed for, but but let's let's keep the math simple here. And guaranteed a hundred fifty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars of it. I think last year was actually a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed to their training camp guys, or one hundred twenty-five thousand or something like that. They gave him that guarantee so that they could entice them to play for Erie and kind of stay within the Magic system. That's essentially uh, what they're doing here. So they signed Ramon Galloway to a contract. He gets a guarantee of, say, $50,000, $75,000. That is in addition to his salary that he would make for the with the Erie Bayhawks, which probably comes in at $20,000, $25,000. This is just a way to guarantee that he's playing for Erie, that they're giving him the money to play for the D-League team because the D-League doesn't get paid very much until uh, we see what happens with with the new collective bargaining agreement and hopefully increasing the salaries within the D-League. It's just not a very lucrative place to play. So the Magic cut the Magic signed Galloway, waived him the next day. He's going. He is definitely going to Erie. Uh, it's possible Nick Johnson goes to Erie as well. Uh, his D-League rights are currently owned by the Austin Austin Spurs. Uh, so the so the Magic would have to acquire his rights from San Antonio, essentially. Uh, and it would not surprise me to see Cliff Alexander and certainly Brandon Dawson, who was on the Erie Bayhawks last year, would not surprise me to see them uh, on the Erie Bayhawks next year either. Uh, Kevin Murphy, also probably a good candidate. So it wouldn't surprise me to see all five guys that the Magic waived uh, for their roster cuts uh, still remain in the Magic system with the Erie Bayhawks. But... We'll see about that in a little bit. The D-League rosters will get set very, very soon. I talked a lot there about roster cuts and roster moves, just kind of house-cleaning stuff, so I apologize that I'm getting into the meat of this podcast very, very late because this is a a big thing that we've talked about and thought about a lot uh, throughout the summer. And, you know, our, our Zach Palmer uh, Zach Palmer on OrlandoMagicDaily.com wrote a really, really good column kind of assessing where the Orlando Magic are at now, like reviewing where where they've been since the Dwight Howard trade and how we got to this point. And I don't think we need to rehash all of it, but I do think it's worth 
now that we're in game week, now that we're in the beginning of the season, essentially, I think it's worth talking about where the Orlando Magic are at now. And, and I don't think you can do that without looking at where they're coming from. When the Orlando Magic traded Dwight Howard, of course, they had two routes they could go. And we'll label them. They could have gone the Brooke Lopez-Andrew Bynum route, which is to, to trade Dwight Howard for an established star and try to remain quasi-relevant. Uh, this was somewhat the route the Magic took after they lost Shaquille O'Neal, but of course, it made sense then they still had Anthony Hardaway. They had every reason to remain competitive. Uh, the Magic roster was essentially gutted uh, after Dwight Howard, and so that did not seem as appealing. And so the second route they could go was the blow it all up and work with young assets and, and kind of tear things all the way down to the core. And that's the path that they took. They acquired Nikola Vucevic. They picked up an expiring veteran contract in Jason Richardson. They, uh, you know, had Aaron, or they traded Jason Richardson away. I'm sorry. They picked up an expiring, a uh, semi-expiring contract in Aaron Aflalo. They got Maurice Harkless. They picked up draft picks. You know, they 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 went the burn it all down route. And it took the, and they knew, and they told us it was going to take some time to build it back up. The idea was to build the thing, as Rob Hennigan continually put it, organically. Three, ja- three drafts later, the Orlando Magic never won the lottery. They never got the big pick that they that they absolutely needed. And they were still searching a bit for an identity. They were still searching a bit for who they are as an organization and, and who, they, who they are as a franchise. And then, to some extent, they're still searching. They're, they're getting there, and then they think they've gotten there. But those first three, four years of this rebuild, the Magic just couldn't quite get all the pieces together. And a lot of that did have to do with bad luck. The draft did not do them any favors. They had the worst record in the league in 2013, and they ended up with the second pick in the draft of the worst draft in NBA, one of the worst drafts that we've seen in modern NBA history. And when you look at that draft, honestly, Victor Oladipo was the right pick. Uh, And they gave him three years to figure out if he could become a star. And... It's certainly debatable whether he did, but I don't think anyone would say after last year that he's an all that he's an all star and someone you can build a franchise around. The following year in 2014, they uh, had the fourth pick. They they were they they fell to four again. They had I think they had the third best odds in that draft. They fell to four and lost out on a three player draft: the Joel Embiid, uh, Jabari Parker, Andrew Wiggins draft. They picked Aaron Gordon, who was certainly a project. Certainly someone very, very talented, but someone they thought could fit their identity. They drafted Alfred Payton, another big, a bit of a risk, uh, but a player they were enamored with and, and filled that point guard role that they needed. Uh, and someone they thought could develop into the point guard of their future. And they thought they had their core set. Things did not pan out, though. By year three, the Magic seemed ready to win. They, they wanted to continue to see progress. They'd gone from 20 to 23 wins, and they were ready to see the team take a jump. They never really took that jump. They got to 25 wins. And the pressure began to mount on this Magic team. The pressure began to mount on growing into, on on this development project. Because as simple as it sounds to say, and and I'm for this because I'm a fan that's in in it for the long run, but certainly it's not good business. As simple as it sounds to say, 
You just keep playing the lottery until you win. It's the NBA draft lottery. You're going to win eventually. Business dictates you can't do that. And the NBA is a business. And the Magic, I wouldn't call them a laughing stock in Orlando. And, and I, I spent a long time talking about Orlando City. I do think whether the Magic admitted or not, Orlando City put a lot of pressure on them because now there was a new kid in town and people were very, very excited about Orlando City and, and still largely are. Uh, in the same expansion way that fans were excited about the Magic and it didn't matter if they were winning or losing. And then Orlando City's facing its issues as well because they're not winning as much as people expect them to now. And so now they're facing pressure to win. It's not They're not going to just sell out because they're Orlando City. They got to win too. And the Magic felt that pressure again. They they knew we've got to start winning. And four years, the, the current four-year playoff drought is the longest playoff drought in Magic history. It's tied for the longest playoff drought in Magic history. This is essentially an expansion franchise. An expansion franchise that didn't get its Shaquille O'Neal. And so the Magic sit here. They, or they sat here last year thinking it's time to make the leap. It's time to take that jump up. It's time to become competitive. We've got to figure out what we have and start making moves to take that step up. The Magic got to 35 wins. And my that was my preseason prediction last year. But certainly with the way they started at 19 and 13 and then fell apart in January at 2 and 12, it was not encouraging. And the Magic began to really feel the pressure of needing to win. They felt that pressure in February when they traded Tobias Harris for cap room, thinking we can go out and sign free agents to help us galvanize this team. And it didn't work quite that way. The Magic gave up a lot. They gave up Tobias Harris, which was a lot, and got nothing in return, essentially, because they were going for cap room. And that was, that's a fine goal. That's, that's not a terrible strategy, but... It's not a great strategy for this team because they didn't have that identity yet. They didn't have that galvanizing piece, that that clear star player quite yet. It was hard to sell free agents that this was the place to be without grossly overpaying them. And some people would argue the Magic grossly overpaid Bismack Biombo. Certainly, you can argue they overpaid DJ Augustin and people go crazy over Jeff Green's contract. What the Magic spent this summer doing was trying to force themselves into becoming a winner. Essentially, the patience of a methodical rebuild had run thin. And while the Magic still have this eye on the future and they have a lot of young guys that, they're still, that they still have faith with and still waiting to develop, and they still have some long-term flexibility. They're not stuck by any means. If this fails, they'll be able to pivot. They're not. They're not in the bad. They're not in bad shape financially, as far as I can tell, both business-wise and and actually and actually you know planning for the team's future. But where the Magic are at right now is those long-term goals don't matter. Or they're not as important. The long-term goals, the Magic 
spoke about four or five years ago aren't what's important about this team anymore and about this team's development. This, this season, as I've said pretty much everywhere and where I'll, what, I, what I said during the Locked On NBA segment that's, that, that's oncoming, this season is all about trying to win and trying to win in 2017. I don't think the Magic are failure necessarily for missing the playoffs, and I don't think Rob Hennigan's job necessarily is finished if they miss the playoffs. But they've got to be in the conversation to the last day almost, to the last week at least, to to make anyone feel good about the direction of this team. I would say... And and my uh, the prediction I've officially kind of I've, I'm in print saying the Magic will win 39 games. I, I have them at the 38 to 42 range. I I believe if the Magic hit 40 wins, that that is a good season for them, and shows the requisite progress. But I think of the long term too much sometimes, and I'll fully admit that I think I think of the long term. Because I'm I'm a heavily invested long term fan, and you know I'm not maybe not paying my ticket as much as someone else to see to, to to see this product. The clear message throughout the organization, through the through the through the deals they've made, is that we are making the playoffs this year, and that's where the rebuilds at for the Orlando Magic. It's the process ran its course. Whatever plan Rob Hennigan had ran its course. And it didn't go perfectly to plan. It didn't you know, there are factors out of his control that did not go that did not break the way he or the franchise needed them to. And so now in year five, the pressure is on to just to, just to deliver a winner and then the magic can figure things out from there. And that's why there seems to be a plan. There seems to be a vision of a defensive team and that the pieces may not fit perfectly. But the goal for the team and and what will create consequences this season are perfectly clear. And that's the direction the Magic are going this year. And that's the backdrop for this upcoming season. To close today's show, and I know I'm going a little bit long, and I apologize for that. A lot, of, lot to talk about. It's a heavy, heavy topic, uh, and obviously we're catching up on the weekend as well. Uh, the 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 last thing I want to talk, I want to do is, is play my segment on the Locked On NBA preview show that aired last week. Be sure to check out Locked On NBA. It's one of the one of the. It's a really good podcast. David Locke does a fantastic job. Gets a lot of good guests. All of us. On the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, submitted a short, uh, a short uh, preview of our team. So you'll be hearing, uh, if you go to Locked On NBA, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, or check it out on Audio Boom. You will hear uh, all the podcasts, all the all the Locked On podcasters preview their teams. It's a really good way to to get to know these teams from people who know them really, really well. Uh, I'm airing my magic preview for, for your benefit, uh, but be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well. And so here we go with the, uh, with the show. 
Hello, my name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the host of Locked On Magic and the editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I'm happy to join you here and uh, answer some questions about the Orlando Magic. I mean, I think they're a team that everyone is talking about and asking, what in the heck are they doing? And, you know, I have a few theories on that, but I'm just as much in the dark about it as you are. So what do we know about the Orlando Magic? What are the storylines to watch for this Orlando Magic season? I think the big storyline to watch is can this team make the playoffs? I think when you take everything out of the vac, when you take everything and look at it in a vacuum, the Orlando Magic made all the moves they made this summer. As, as confusing as they are, trading away Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka, signing Bismack Biombo, uh, everything that they did has a short-term goal, and that is to make the playoffs. It's been four years since the Orlando Magic made the playoffs. It is currently tied for the longest playoff drought in the 27 years of Orlando Magic basketball. The only other time that they were out of the playoffs for four years were the first four years of the fr- of the franchise. This is essentially the worst the Magic have been for any stretch of period since their first four years, since they were an expansion franchise. And they don't have Shaquille O'Neal sitting in the wings guaranteeing them relevance for the next, I don't know, four or five years. It was four years, sorry. So the Magic are trying desperately to make the playoffs. They injected a lot of veteran leadership into the roster. I mean, the Magic had the second largest turnover uh, of any team. So the, que- so the two big questions that we're going to be watching, especially early in the season, how, how, are, how is this Magic team going to come together, and can they form a defensive identity? The Magic, again... Seven, I think they added seven new players to this roster. So virtually uh, half the roster has been turned over. No one's quite sure how this group is going to come together. But the one thing we do know with the hiring of Frank Vogel is that they're going to play really, really well on the defensive end. And that's probably their ticket into the playoffs. So this is a team full of unknowns. And I think the biggest unknown, though, is going to remain... How do these pieces fit together? And I think the big puzzle piece to getting this team to fit together is Aaron Gordon. The Magic drafted Aaron Gordon three years ago with the fourth pick in the draft. It was a three-player draft, Jabari Parker, Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid. The Magic ended up fourth. You know, if the Magic are get one of those top three picks, they're probably in a much different situation, and, and they played the lottery and lost. Aaron Gordon, though, is still this big bundle of potential. No one's quite sure what he is. He's played most of his career. He's played about half of his minutes with the Magic in his first two years, uh, splitting between the two forward positions. It seems more certain than ever that he's going to play small forward this year. He's going to start at small forward. And many people, myself included, believe Gordon is a better fit at the power forward position. So how does Gordon... uh, how does Gordon fit that role? How does how does he learn to attack off the dribble? Can he develop a jump shot? He's a thirty a, a sub thirty percent three point shooter, but the, the the big thing about Gordon is no one really knows what he is. I mean, he averaged twelve points and seven rebounds per game after the All Star break. After the Magic traded Tobias Harris, coming off the high of and, and quite literally the high of the slam dunk contest, but no one really knows what Gordon is. His rookie year. He injured his foot at the beginning of the season, and that made it a complete wash. His sophomore year, it looked like he was ready to make a big leap, judging by what he did during summer league, but he uh, broke his jaw in July, wasn't ready for the beginning of training camp, and it took him a while to get into rhythm. No one's quite sure what he can do, and again, he's playing a completely new position. 
If there is a player, though, on this roster that we're going to think of differently at the end of the season than we do at the beginning, it is Aaron Gordon. Because he has so much potential, because he has so much upside, because he can potentially do so many things. The problem with Aaron Gordon is we haven't seen him do any of it. We don't know what he can be. His potential is seemingly unlimited, but for a team that has to do so well now, it's hard to say what he's going to be able to contribute. It's hard to say uh, what he is right now. Like I said, he is the biggest mystery of the season, and I think by the end of this season, we'll know whether Aaron Gordon is a future star in this league or you know, kind of similar to the guy that's going to be backing him up whether he's just Jeff Green, a guy with a lot of talent, will do some stuff occasionally, but really is a tweener that doesn't have a great fit overall in the league. So the Magic season, like I said, is all about making the playoffs. The season will be great if the Magic make the playoffs, period, full stop. If 38 wins gets them into the playoffs, it will be just as successful as if 44 wins gets them into the playoffs. If they finish 41 and 41, you know, I think that is a good sign of progress. And I think that probably saves a few guys' jobs with the Magic. But ultimately, the season will be a failure, especially considering Serge Ibaka is a free agent and, and the Magic are trying to get into the playoffs just to get into conversations for uh, free agents down the road or, or trade, trade pieces or, or whatever the case may be. The Magic have to make the playoffs. And I don't think anyone's under any assumption that they'll get like a high seed. They're not competing with the Cavs. They're not competing with the Celtics. They're not competing with the Raptors. You know, maybe they can win the division. If, if everything bounces right, the, the Southeast division is up for the up for grabs. Uh, Atlanta and Charlotte are, are the two stalwarts. I expect them to, to compete for the top of the division. But when you play elite level defense, anything is possible. And, and the Magic certainly uh, could be in that conversation. And that's just if everything goes absolutely right. The season, though, will get derailed if the defense isn't good. The Magic are hoping for not just a good defense, but an elite defense. That's why they hire Frank Vogel, who in his six years with the Indiana Pacers has had a top 10 defense in every single year, despite shifting talents, despite injuries to Paul George, despite Monte Ellis being on the roster. He has squeezed every little bit out of out of his rosters defensively. Uh, and so... The Magic are hoping that he can do that again. And, and you know, he made the playoffs five of the six years. The only year he didn't, Paul George was out, and I think he finished ninth that year. Having a top defense gets you into the conversation for the playoffs. That's, that's the goal, after all. Last year, 10 of the top 11 teams in defensive rating made the playoffs. The only one that didn't was Utah Jazz. They finished a game out. So, again, it's about being in the conversation. The season gets derailed, though, if the defense doesn't work. And, and I do have big questions about whether Nikola Vucevic can anchor a defense, uh, an elite-level defense, it, it's going to be a credit to Frank Vogel's coaching if that works out. Most likely, though, the Orlando Magic probably fall just a bit short. They're learning They're learning each other still. They're learning the coaching staff still. Uh, and they're learning a new defensive scheme. So, And they're learning how to play meaningful minutes. A lot of these guys, a lot of the key players for the Magic, at least, have not played meaningful games in April. They made it to February last year before they willed it. And in January, they finished 2-12 and last year after starting the year 19-13 and and being in the conversation for home court at the time. I think they went to London 
uh, in mid-January, and they were the fourth team in the East. The most likely scenario for the Magic, they fall just a bit short. They stay in the playoff conversation late into the season because of that defense, but they don't have enough offense, and their defensive consistency isn't quite there, maybe even at the beginning of the season, to, to get over the hump and make the playoffs. And they probably make it to April in the playoff conversation, but ultimately fall short, leaving a lot of questions for the Magic entering this offseason. Thanks, everyone, for the time. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. You can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Be sure to listen to me on the Locked On Magic podcast and follow me on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I look forward to seeing you all then. Be sure to check out Locked On NBA. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network is the fastest-growing uh, sports podcast network on iTunes, so be sure to check Locked Out Locked On NBA. You can check out all the previews uh, uh, on, on that show. On on that show, uh, some fantastic previews and fantastic looks around the league. You can get David Locke's commentary uh, on the Orlando Magic there after he listens to to what I had to say. Uh, surprisingly, um, I convinced him the Magic will make the playoffs. Um, I, I I hope my argument saying they won't was convincing enough to make you think they will, but. That's all good. Uh, happy to have another believer on the bandwagon. Uh, there's plenty of room. Uh, you know, I've got a seat right next to me uh, looking for someone to join in. Uh, that'll do it for today's show, though. Be sure to follow the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. You can probably find Locked On Magic. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily as well as on at Locked On Magic. I'll be tweeting from there with some podcast specific stuff. Uh, very, very soon. Uh, very excited to have the podcast's uh, own Twitter feed as well. Uh, you know, we'll do our mini mailbags from there in the future as well. It is finally, 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 finally game week. So excited to have regular season games on the way. Uh, just can't get any more excited about it than that. We'll have plenty of content coming up this week as the regular season gets set to tip off for the 2017 season. We're very, very excited. I'm very, very excited. I hope you're very, very excited too. Until tomorrow, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich of OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll see you then. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.